0: Hi, and welcome to This Property Life, the podcast brought to you by Property Wealth System. My name is Nick Claydon. I'm one of the mentors and trainers for Property Wealth System. And um, I've been investing in property for the last 15 years or so, and been a mentor for the last 12 years. I'm helping lots of students to become successful in their own right in property. Um, I live in Scotland with my wife and my two young boys uh, and invest in various parts of the UK. Today, I'm speaking to one of our amazing students, Gemma Russell. Uh, We last spoke to Gemma back in November and we were speaking to her about all the um, strategies that she's using, particularly Gemma starting to get into a serviced accommodation. Um, We're now picking up with Gemma um, almost a year on to see where she's at Um, and particularly focusing on this episode on overcoming all the challenges that property investors uh, tend to have to cope with, um, particularly in um, this episode with learning how to you know, keep yourself motivated, perhaps when things aren't going so well or you're getting lots of rejections, how to make sure you keep yourself in that positive frame of mind and to keep pushing forward to make, make things happen. So sit back and enjoy this episode with Gemma, I'm sure you're going to love it. Um, so welcome to the um this property live podcast i'm nick claydon one of the trainers and mentors for property wealth system and i'm here with uh, gemma russell who has been a guest before uh back in i believe november time um yeah was yeah so welcome welcome gemma good to have you, you back with us i'm very excited to hear about all the new uh stuff that you've been doing i know there's been lots of exciting challenges for you to overcome so um, it will be great to hear all about that um so yeah um we'll be having a, a good chat for the next half hour or so um I guess we'll start with um maybe a, just a bit of background for anyone that maybe hasn't heard your original uh podcast that we did last year um if you just want to give yourself a bit of an intro um and um just tell us a bit about you and how you got into property and kind of um where you're up to at the moment
1: okay cool so i um so thank you for having me on again i um it was quite interesting when i got asked to do it just like a little update of what you've been up to since november and i was like what have i done like i, I <laughs> actually can't remember so <laughs> i actually wrote everything down just so, so that i could remember what i've actually done because it all goes in such a whirlwind um, and yeah,
0: very, sorry I said time flies and when you're busy it's just uh, when yeah. that 8 months go i don't know
1: it's crazy and i think as well you're so used to just living in the moment and going day to day that you have i'm particularly bad for not reflecting
0: yeah. and
1: you know looking back and, and thinking about oh i actually have achieved a little bit so it's probably a good thing to do ever so often um but when i was on the podcast last up until that point i had been part of pws for uh, like just over a year and a half, I think. Um, I'd started in I think the beginning of twenty twenty one, and I came across an advert on Facebook. And I'd always, you know, had an eye open to the whole world of property and things like that. I used to be a network. I was in network marketing at the time, okay. um, and I, you know, really enjoyed doing that. I was making good money with it, but I just felt like there was an easier way to make. To make some money and obviously like the long term in terms of passing on to the kids and things like that so yeah. i started with pws and then i um did mentorship and um with jordan and which i absolutely loved we went down to my um investment area and on the back of that I secured a three bed house which i then flipped and a one bed flat which i have as a buy to let okay at the same time, I was also renovating a five-bedroom house in an area called Murrayshire, which I was turning into service accommodation. So I had all three going on at the same time, which was also a huge learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Three,
0: yeah, three yeah, different
1: strategies, three different um, types of um, refurbs. Yeah, it was very different. and And two different areas, so that was fun as well. And I didn't live in any of them.
0: Right. So, okay. So, j- just in terms of a bit of background, um, just yeah, where are you based? So I'm in Aberdeen. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: The flip and the so the flip and the bike to light was down in Camarnock, which yeah. is a three and a half hour journey, so seven hour round trip, and the five bed service accommodation is in a place called Fockabers, which is a little village in Murrayshire, which is an hour and fifteen, door to door, so right. two and a half hours return. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was fun, put a lot of miles in my car. Um, you know, I have a child, so having to put her to school a little bit early, put her into after-school club, racing to get back, literally sometimes would have an hour and a half down the road to yeah. do what I needed to do and get back up. So, uh, yeah, I, ha- I had to rely on people for babysitting and things like that when, when I could, otherwise it was straight back home. So yeah. it was very, very and busy.
0: Are working at the moment as well, or are or you in property full-time
1: so i'm a therapist i'm a clinical hypnotherapist and um self-employed though so i get to you know pick and choose when i when i do clients um so i'm very lucky in in that respect that i can just fit everything in around it so i don't have a a nine to five job essentially um so yeah so it was very very full-on and obviously three different strategies two different build teams didn't have a clue what i was doing obviously i'd done all the education but it was you do not learn properly until you're doing it.
0: Um, right, yeah. It's fun. Exactly. Reading and education and watching YouTube videos can take you so far, but until you're actually getting your get your hands dirty and uh, you know getting involved, um, yeah, that's when you that's when the learning kind of really starts, I think.
1: Yeah, and that's true learning at that stage. Um yeah, yeah. So I think the last time I was on the podcast was last November, and I at that stage had completed everything, was just about to sell. The three bed house was renting out the buy to let one bed flat sorry, and I had been running the service accommodation for about three months at that point, and it had been going really well because I just happened to secure a like workman coming in every single week, and then it was free up the weekend, so just did really well with that. Um, So that's where I was up until last November, and then um, after that I have the main thing that i've been doing is building up that service accommodation and um, right. um all of the pitfall i was on a service accommodation course okay
0: let's if we let's jump back to that um because uh, you went on one of our service accommodation implementer courses which is two days um with a mentor there was maybe i don't know maybe 10 of us in the room so quite a small so, yeah. group yeah um, and it's just really quite intensive kind of learning uh, with a mentor live in the room um, and being able to ask as many questions as you want and get as much info as you can about how to really establish a service accommodation business. So take us kind of from from there, what did you learn on that that, that really helped you move forward and, and, and where have you gone with it? Because I know there's some exciting things that you've done.
1: Yeah, so that course was invaluable. It was so good. It was um, packed and it was absolutely packed. Um, full of information that i was able to then take home and because i already had a service accommodation that was running it was so good for me to learn uh just all of the things that i need to make it more successful optimize yeah. it um and what also,
0: sorry what, what kind of things did you take from it because i know we did a lot on um you know getting a listing looking really good and um, so, optimization of you know i'll be listings to, to try and you know reach the, the right audience those kind of things so it, it, you know was it that or what, what else did you find that was really really helpful you could take away so
1: that as well i was actually um i think that they went through my listing itself because i was already on airbnb so mm-hmm. at the time i think i was only on airbnb and um you know our mentors went through exactly what to do to make it more appealing what was working already that was good and what was what I needed to do in order to make it better. So things like the photos, how how to uh, word it, and all sorts of little nooks and crannies that you just wouldn't know by yourself. You have to be taught these things. So that was really helpful. Um, and then I learned about systems. So channel managers using other uh, OTAs. I didn't even know OTA was a thing. Online travel agent had no idea that was a thing. Uh, Learning all about that and learning how to systemize absolutely everything so that it's, if you choose to, it's much more hands off. Yeah. And essentially, that is exactly what I wanted to achieve. So that was really good. So I went home, started up a channel manager, learned again, you know, taught how to use these things and what to do. But until you actually use them yourself and find the pitfalls with it, it's just the process you have to go through. It's just part of the learning curve. And I didn't realise that once you hook, so I use Smooby once you hook up your, so I have three OTAs, Booking.com, Verbal, and Airbnb. Once you hook up to Smooby it does not allow you to change on Airbnb. It doesn't allow you to change prices. It has to be done through Smoothie, but it doesn't be And it also then charges you all the fees and not your guests. So I really quickly learned that lesson from people booking really cheap. And I was like, what's happened? And then having to change that around really fast and then figure out, okay, so they're charging X, you know, amount of percentage. So I need to add that on. And I mean, that is a process that you, there's no other way to learn it than going through it. So. Again, yeah, the, the um, course was so valuable for stuff like that. And then things like which I thought was fascinating, which I haven't done just yet because I haven't upscaled just yet. But um things like when you take in a booking, when you have a particular channel manager, you can take in a book and it pings your cleaners to let them know, and then it sets your heating so that it comes on an hour before check-in and it goes yeah. off an hour after checkout and things like that. Absolutely brilliant, like the automatic. Emails that go out to them, all that sort of stuff. Like I've done a few of those, but not the, the heating stuff. Yeah. Uh, but knowing that that is available for when you scale up is superb. So again, would never have never known.
0: Yeah, I, I think that you know, there's a um, a lot of students I talk to kind of want to do service accommodation and maybe a little bit scared about the fact that it is quite hands on. It is hospitality. My answer is, well, actually, it doesn't have to be hands on. You can automate so many things. There's so many amazing pieces of software out there now. Um, so even the, the heating system you're talking about, we you know we're putting that in in our hotel in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. and um, it's now evolved to the point where you you can put room sensors on the wall that you you put near the bed, and it 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 can sense you know obviously when someone's in the room, and it will keep the heating at a certain level. But if it senses that there's no one in the room, there's no movement, it will oh. drop the heating right down again. So you know you can save they're averaging between thirty and sixty percent savings on on heating bills. Just wow. By- System, yeah. So there are some really amazing pieces of software out there that can automate so much of your business, and that's that's yeah. one of the things I love about service combination. I'm always kind of looking for new new software that's coming out, and it's it, it's evolving all the time. So yeah. it that's can be neat. as hands on or as hands off as you want it. Really, uh, yeah. that's, that's a beauty of strategy. why well. I love it.
1: Yeah, and, and I think for me, having such a big place to begin with has been great for I I. I've self-managed it all because I wanted to learn all of the pitfalls and fully understand it, so that when I do switch to everything being completely hands off, or maybe even dealing with a staff member who's dealing with certain aspects of it, then I know exactly what's happening in my business. I really wanted to be able to do that rather than just passing it over to begin with.
0: Yeah, I think you've got to learn it first. You've got to you've got to understand it before you can hand it over, because um, you know this is something we've learned: is you know whatever if you have uh, VAs or PAs that you're working with or staff that can handle certain things, you know, there's always going to be something. <laughs> if you're in the hospitality, there's always going to be a situation that you would never have thought in a million years would happen. <laughs> you know, you can try and think of every scenario that might possibly happen, but we're dealing with human beings and there'll be something completely out of left field that, you know, if you don't know how to handle it or cope with it, um, you, your, your staff can't either. So yeah. Uh, yeah. you kind of have to go through that process of, of, of yeah. I think, being a bit hands-on understanding how everything works and then hand it over but you can still yeah. then kind of over above if you like and deal with those you know um one in a thousand events that, that will happen when you when you're dealing with human beings I think so um yeah, yeah. we've we had some humdingers so far <laughs> let's, let, 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 let's hear some. let's see I was going to ask you and talk to you about some of your challenges and overcoming adversity <laughs> the subject of this on this particular podcast but yeah so you know let's see let's hear some of the things that have happened and and, and how you've done yeah
1: with so we've we we had a really good run for a good few months and nothing happened the tiny little bit of a damages you know they'd stuck blue tack to the paint and it had come off and you know my caretaker was also my uncle would just go in and give it a little paint just tiny little things like this were happening no 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 big deal at all certainly not going to go after them for deposits And then we had one. uh, So we sleep twelve. So we, you know, we're obviously like open for big parties and things like that for like youngsters coming or whatever. Uh, But usually they're all really, really good. So we had this. uh, I think couple. I think they were young couples, like twenties, maybe early twenties. And she, the guest, messaged me when they had left, and they said, "Listen, my, my somebody accidentally broke the shower panel." And um, obviously it's been completely refurbed and it's like six months old at this point. And I was like, okay. And she said, uh, yeah, uh, my boyfriend thought it was a door. And I was like, okay. So my cleaners go in, my uncle goes in and they're like, what has he done to this? So turns out we have almost like a rectangular shape shower and um, we've got a huge solid glass panel at the end of this shower. And to the side of it is, you know, like almost like a half door. Yes. So, um, that is where you go in and out, where the door is, obviously. And the only reason we stuck that in there is because we saw that water was cascading out. So we thought, we'll just stick a wee, wee bit of a shower panel to stop water coming out. So instead of just walking out of the door, he grabbed the glass panel at the end of it and yanked it. And uh, this is so heavy that when my uncle went to move it, it like it fell on him. It was, it's that heavy, this glass.
0: Wow. and so
1: when the boy pulled it out of the socket the bracket hit the wet wall marked the wet wall the glass panel fell against it and it was it, luckily never smashed but it, it, it created about 600 pound worth of damage and um at the time obviously being a newbie i didn't know how to deal with it properly so when i actually saw the photos bear in mind they're an hour and 15 away and we've got guests going in later on that day
0: yeah
1: uh, when we saw the photos they just they tried to put it in they couldn't get it fixed So we just had to explain to the guests, look, you can't use the shower. You know, the previous guests had broken it. And over the course of a few days and then weeks, I got it all fixed and went to them with the bill. And then I got text messages. I am a trainee lawyer. I took photos. You're trying to scam us. You're trying to say that it's we did this. And I was like, your boyfriend mistook a solid shower wall, essentially, Corridor. we're not the ones that are in <laughs> the wrong here so yeah. just arguing with stupid and i just realized that this is pointless yeah. and from on the back of that i thought okay i probably need to go down because if it's booked through airbnb they don't take a deposit you have to go through the dispute center yes. um show evidence and all that sort of stuff but i thought oh well you know they've been decent people by letting me know they'll be okay about we can just sort it out ourselves but no they, you know, it didn't work like that. They thought that I was trying to scan them and they came out with all this rubbish and I just thought, wow, this is impossible. Um, So yeah, just like that sort of thing, just ridiculous. We've had stains on yeah. our beds that we've We've had workmen stay over and we contacted them and said, look, there's this big yellow stain. And they said, oh yeah, the guy said it's chocolate milk. We were like, it's not chocolate milk, but okay, yeah. that's fine, just pay for the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, We've had all sorts of stuff and then very recently we had a situation where I was kind of taken aback by it where Airbnb had contacted me and said, um, we've just had a your a, a guest of yours complain that you have violated the privacy and safety issues, uh, policy, sorry, and um, we have suspended your account, you will not be able to take any more reservations and we may have to cancel up and coming. This is in the height of the summer. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, why? What's happened? So, they wouldn't tell me anything they just you know there's they're they just wanted my point of view of the story and what had happened was this is a massive detached house and huge grounds with a driveway we had gone up to collect the wheelie bins i just happened to be in focus that day we got up to yeah. collect the wheelie bins and put them out because they go out once every three weeks there and um the guests came around the corner from the deck inn, in and the hot tub and said you're right and i was like yes really sorry we're just grabbing the wheelie bins just taking them out. He said, oh, there's a bit of rubbish at the front door if you want to grab that. We were like, yeah, no problem. And that was it. And he complained, and said that we, we had broken our privacy, we'd, we'd invaded their privacy. And um, I was just so taken aback. You know, most people are so chatty and yeah. like like love having the crack and finding out about the village and stuff like that. But well, I just yeah. thought, wow, for, um, to potentially have me shut down because I took the yeah. wee wee out. Yeah. You know, had, had that house been on a normal street, I would have grabbed the wheelie bins and put it onto the the, the pavement, you, you know, but yeah. because it was a private drive, I was just, what more do you expect? So little things like that, being, being at the mercy of the OTAs and realizing, mm-hmm. OK, so now I've really focused on getting my website up and running. We've got it, yeah. you know, up to the stage run. Now we need to really work on it because direct bookings needs to be the way forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's I think that's something that we, you know, we, we teach on, on our on our courses as well, is is great. Look, you need to have the OTAs, you need Booker.com. Yeah. Um and you know, for certain listings, you need Airbnb and there's various others. Um, but those are the two major ones, Booker.com particularly. Um mm-hmm. I mean we found one of our listings that we um we we have got a hotel in Southport. It's got flat on the back of it and um, mm-hmm. last year we split the, the flat from the hotel. And the flat was only ever on Airbnb, and that seemed to work. But then as soon as we split it off, we could split the listing with booking. And our, our bookings went up about 60% when, when we could put it on booking.com as well as Airbnb. Wow, it's
1: really?
0: been flying since. yeah So um, it's one of those things, of course, what we have learned is you, you need booking.com yeah. to get going, to get your yeah. views and to you know to, to build awareness and build your market. But then it's all about driving, driving those direct bookings um, and saving that 18% that uh, you have to pay Booking.com. What I also discovered was that Booker.com will also try and undercut you. So even if you have on your website, you know, you're you're offering the best rates, book, book direct, booking.com are wise to that now and they and they have algorithms that will actually try and undercut your own your own website. So you're constantly, you're constantly in a state of a battle with Booking.com, but you, you need them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um. But yeah, you know, driving direct bookings is, is kind of what, what it is all about.
1: Yeah. Um, it's definitely. A lot of yeah. So it's
0: all the time, I'm constantly learning about Booking.com. So yeah. it's kind of, a, it's a love hate relationship with Booking.com. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
0: You need them and you love them because they they, they bring so you know so many list um, so many guests to you. Yeah. But uh, they they do take their their pound of flesh for it. Oh, well, they do. Yes. Um, So, yeah, uh, you know, I I wanted to, you know, discuss with you things like, um, you know, how do you stay motivated when all these things are happening? You know, there you are, you're in Aberdeen, you're driving, you know, an hour and a half down to, you know, your investment, sometimes two and a half hours down to your investment areas. You've got a busy job. Yes, it's flexible. You've you've got um, a kid, you know, that's been school. Um, How how do you, you know, how do you deal with, you know, a lot of the negativity that can be around um, property and the hardships, you know, that we face as property investors. How, how do you stay positive? So
1: I think, you know, like life has changed a lot for me in the last, probably just as I had done the podcast in November. Um, I also have two stepkids now and, um you know, I live with my partner and we've sort of merged our families together. And right, so okay. that has been going on in the background as well as, you know, running these, this business. And so it's, it's, it's ever-changing. It's always adapting. Like, you just cannot live life without being able to adapt to all of the changes, especially for us in the last year. We've had so much to adapt to. And I think in terms of motivation and keeping going, it's the kids. You know, yep. it's ultimately long-term, it's the kids. But in the here and now, it's the success. Mm-hmm. And it's the money. And um, because, you know, I do love the service accommodation side. I'm all about the sales. I love getting that ping that comes through in my phone that says you've got a new book in. I absolutely, that's my favourite part of it all.
0: The Pulse app. You use the Pulse app where it's a little yeah. cheeky sound when you get out it.
1: Yeah, I absolutely yeah. love I love waking up and knowing that I've just taken a book in for that's going to drop £2,000 into my, my bank yeah. account. And that's extra because everything else has been paid. You know, I just absolutely love the money side of it and the sales side of it. So that's my favourite part. Um, Long term, it's obviously the kids and being able to leave them stuff and the legacy side of it and setting them up for the future and being able to teach them all about property. Um, Monopoly is my favourite game to play with them. (laughs) And you're like all all that side of it. But in terms of, you know, we've obviously had the summer and it's been great, but we're just about to come back into the winter. And I know the the sort of the motivation that it takes or it's not even most it's the discipline that it takes to have to travel in the freezing cold and you know we're right up in the sticks here so it's icy weather and snow and you know and all the rest of it and it's to be honest the main thing for me is just success you know I I enjoy the success I enjoy being good at what I do I enjoy getting that money coming in and I want more and more and more and more Uh, because I love the fact that this was a whole new challenge to me a couple of years ago and now I'm part of all of these communities I've met all these new people it's just another change and direction a pivot in life sort of thing and I just want more of it you know I want to be able to live life completely on my own terms four or five holidays a year Sure. The, if the kids choose to go to private school when they're going into secondary school, be able to pay for that if that's what is the right path for them. All of the sort of stuff that you live, you work for is yeah. all the things that I that keeps me disciplined, I suppose.
0: And how, how do you um, kind of action on a daily basis? Because you know we've all had the days where you know I live in Scotland too, and you know in the depths <laughs> of winter when you're you know um, you know I I've one of our hotels in south plus four hour drive. Yeah. um to you know to keep that motivation to get up when it's dark and you know get in the car and drive that distance in the in the in the bad weather yeah you've got the big picture of family and everything but are there any techniques that you use kind of on a daily basis to help yourself just keep that positivity and um and, and to keep you know getting in the car and doing those journeys and and and, and pushing forward
1: yeah so i have there's like obviously there's non-negotiables so yeah. it's a- bit like I will say you know when you go to the gym so I go to the gym three four times a week Mm -hmm. if I want my body to look a particular way then I have to go there's no two ways about it and um, it's that consistency of going so last year at the end of the year I only went or maybe it was the year before I only went a couple of times a week and I was really having to push myself I could feel it in my body physically mentally everything else And then at the beginning of the year, I thought, in order for me to feel as good as I did before, I have to go three, four times a week, really watch what I'm eating during the week, et cetera, et cetera. You can't expect to have abs and go to the gym once every four weeks. So that sort of, I suppose the way you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you are going to have that attitude of, oh, I might do it once every four weeks or whenever or when I can be bothered, it's just never going to work for you. Yeah. in terms of the, the dailies, I have the non-negotiables that I have to do every day, so I am a little bit anal, might be the word, <laughs> when it comes to things like your daily method of operation. Yeah,
0: that's so, no, great to hear this. I think it's some really useful stuff for you know, for, 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 for these guys to hear in terms of yeah. how you do it. You know, the actual mechanics of like keeping yourself motivated, it does, it's not just something that happens, you have to make it happen, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, nobody can be bothered. Who can be bothered going to the gym when it's minus four degrees outside and it's snowing? Nobody can be bothered doing that. Nobody can be bothered getting the rejection constantly. You know, nobody wants that in their lives. Like we're, we're actually designed to um, battle against rejection because, you know, back in the day, years and years and years ago, when we were banned from our communities, that's why the churches have got little, these um, banned windows they're called. And it's like this, they, they if you were rejected from your community or you were banned you had to sit outside and look through this little window into this church and saw everybody had a great time and you were shunned to the side. So exactly. it's innately built into our brains that we can't that's why kids can't cope with rejection as well. So yeah. you know, it's because they and and it's just something that we need to learn that in business or well, mainly business, but getting used to rejection is just par for the course with it. So nobody wants to feel that. Nobody wants to have that. Nobody's motivated to go, I cannot wait to go out today and get five no's. I can't wait to go out today and get all of my offers rejected. I'm so excited for it. <laughs> nobody ever feels like that. But it's just knowing that, you know, when you get that five no's, that sixth one might be a yes. And so for me, there's there's the daily method of operation that I have. I literally have a little tick list and there's things that I work on every single day, like going on Right Move or, zoopla and like looking for the things that I I'm trying to you know depend on what my I'm focusing on and then there's the things I absolutely have to do when it comes to my cleaners for you know my service accommodation I have to, I have to buy the products that they need I have to buy my supplies so I'll supply toilet roll and things like that so those are the things that have to be done every single day to make sure that that runs smoothly to make sure that you know I'm getting those five star reviews. And then I have to deal with the guests. And so it's all the things that I must do on the daily basis, which are you're just, you know, you're running your production every day. And then there's the growth side of it, which is the right move, the zoopla, the making the offers, the going doing the viewings. Um, and those things again, then fitting it in around your your whatever job that you've got going on, your kids, etc. And there's days where I do absolutely nothing because I can't get past this one task that I've been trying for ages and I get fed up or you know, whatever's going on with me in, in a day, like I just I just think, oh, this isn't working. So I do have those days like everybody else does as well. But I think that it's just remembering that it's just one day and getting yeah. up the next day and think, okay, what can I do now today? And there's, I have moments where I cry. <laughs> My boyfriend would love to tell this story because he absolutely loves it. But I'll tell you because he thinks it's great. But a couple of weeks ago, our kids started back at school. So six weeks off school, and I obviously have to work around them. Um, But it's one of those things where it doesn't really matter. Even if you do manage to work around them, it's just not quite the same as getting those six hours when they're at school. So I was buzzing, absolutely delighted to get them back. And they left on Tuesday morning. I was like, see you later. And I forgot to take a photo of my daughter all done up in her primary first.
0: Okay, yeah, the front door photos.
1: Yeah, so we're on a group chat for our family and my partner's sister sent in the photos of her kids. My partner sent in photos of his kids and I had forgot mine. And by the time I got to school, uh, sorry, the gym, I was crying. I was a terrible mother. I was phoning him like, I'm so bad. I can't do anything right. I'm not good at business. I'm not good at being a mum. And he was like, Joe, how much money did you earn last month? Like profited and like you're taking home. I was like (laughs) £11,000. And he was like, "Right, so you're really not good at business." And I was like, "It's not the point. I'm not doing enough. I don't have enough coming in. I don't have enough um, lined up. I'm getting all these offers rejected." And he was just like, "You need to just stop." So I think there are those moments where you have those. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life or how successful or not you are, or whatever it is. Like everybody has those moments of just like, "I can't do this." And yeah. it's just like the next day I got up and I was like, "Right, I'm back." <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah <laughs> let's back on <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we all have that so that's kind of the resilience side of it is to is to you know accept that we're all gonna have bad days mm-hmm. um it's how you it's, it's not having the bad day we all have bad days but it's how you deal with that bad day and, and and how you pick yourself back up again and and get back out there um you, you, we've had a lot of that recently getting rejection you know we, we've yeah. put a lot of work into into an offer um, that we're making on a building for a service combination unit. Um, you know, we had architects go in, we had, you know, QSs go in and, you know, we put a really good bid together and then someone just came out of the water and, and just blew, blew it away. Yeah. Um, really frustrating. We're like, really, you know, need the next project on the go. We're a bit deflated for a couple of days. And then literally three days ago, on Friday, um, a, a much better building suddenly came up. Yeah. So it came directly. but like, right, there it is. And we went to view it straight away and, you know, hopefully... We're going to be putting another bid on that, and hopefully we'll get that one. So you can go from complete deflation one day to, you know, elation the next day, right? You know, the next thing is better, but it's, it's about that consistency of keeping going and just getting back up and getting back out there. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a big believer as well is that when you're doing the action, regardless that you know the, everything does fall into place. And so yeah. the reason that you guys never got that one is because something's better, better is out there. And you yeah. can't see it in that moment because you need you need to go through the process of like the loss and then you give yourself a certain amount of time. Okay, now, okay, let's crack on. And then something better comes along. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's just part of the course. We just have to deal with it.
0: It's what, what I try and teach, you, all, you know, all students that, that come to the system that I work with is, is focus on the actions and the results will take care of themselves. You know, so if yeah. you're keeping going out there and you keep getting in the car and driving down the, down the motorway and you doing all the actions on a consistent basis the results will take care of themselves and yes there'll be ups and downs within that and you'll miss things that you want to do but as you say the right thing will be around the corner so it's just yeah. but if you're not giving yourself the opportunity then you know i think a lot of people find that as a block and they use it as a block you know this is not working but well, it does work you just got to keep going yeah yeah
1: that's all there is to it
0: yeah absolutely so um, i was going to ask you what well, you know we've talked a lot about some of the attributes, but what, what what are some of the other attributes you think that make a successful property investor? Kind of talk about resilience and overcoming objections. Anything else yeah. you would say? Um, I,
1: I think the ability to stay consistent. So I think consistency in your, as you said there, the actions, like taking the actions, no matter what, no matter how many rejections you're getting, keep going. And um, that consistency, even if it's just 30 minutes a day, that you're doing the same thing over and over again eventually it will work I actually was I had a coffee with a sourcer yesterday property sourcer we've actually just got a flat off of him and we you know because I he can find these deals all over the shop and I'm good at finding investors and so like he had strengths his strength was my weakness and vice versa so we met for a coffee and I said to him you know, what is it, how have you got to this position where you find sourcing and, you know, just having a normal chat about property and stuff. And he said, you know, I put in all of the hours. I must have viewed about 200 properties in Aberdeen. And now I have all of the relationships with the estate agents. I have the at the point where they're bringing things to be now off market. But he had to put that work in in the first few while to really build all of that up. That takes time and effort. And he was rejected for the first four to six months. Constant no's. For a lot of people, that would deflate them to the point where they would stop. Yeah. So that consistency of keeping that action up is so vital because now he's you know, a year down the line and he's in the position where he's sourcing properties left by right, and centre because he did so much work and he has that ability um, to tap into all of these estate agents and the market in Aberdeen now. And yeah, and he's knocking out the park. But it only came to him because he worked so hard in the beginning. And yeah. so I think that consistency, along with the resilience, is that, yes, you're going to get knocked back. You just have to keep keep getting up and keep going. And now he's in that position where it's really, really benefited him. And he can then work with people like myself, who I've flitted all over the place to go to different uh, investment areas. And, you know, I'm a little bit of a magpie. I think I said that on the last one. I, I get really like, oh, let's do service accommodation. Oh, let's do buy to let Oh, let's do this. So I'm a little yeah. bit all over the shop. So someone like him who's saying, here's a deal, it's a cracking deal, and I'm like, give it to me. <laughs> so, and that works well for somebody like myself, and what he does works well for someone like himself. So, yeah, I think consistency is a huge part of it as well, as alongside the alongside the resilience.
0: Great. Okay. So what what's next for you? It's great to hear everything you've done so far, but, yeah, what, what's on the horizon? Yeah. So we've
1: had lots of offers rejected. As I said, we also went f- well. We went for a big B uh, that uh, runs as a and just now, and we put yeah. an offer in. We we gave them the highest offer we possibly could, and they wouldn't budge. So we want to turn it into an apartment hotel, and um, it is still on the market. So I'm still following up every so often. So who knows? It may work out. I, you know, just I'm gonna just try and stick in there with them. And um, we looked at a B-listed property. There was four different properties. Absolutely loved the idea of it took our builders along, spoke to the architect, but we realized for us and our strategy right now, which is cash flow, that would be more of a labor of love, something that when we've got our own pot of money built up, we could probably put into just not for right now. Mm -hmm. Having to walk away from deals that you know are great deals, but just not right for you and your strategy is also something that I've had to learn because, you know, they all say don't get emotionally attached and that's something that I would absolutely have been emotionally attached to. So it took a little bit to be able to just take off the rose-tinted glasses and realise it's just not quite the right deal for us at this moment in time. But in five years' time, we're way more experienced, got more money in the bank. That's something that we could put in our own money too, as opposed to investors. Um, As I said, we've just got a one-bed flat that we are considering maybe service accommodation, which will be the first one we've done in Aberdeen. And um, we also... Had a bit of experience as well recently with all of the mortgage crisis and the rates flying up. We have, we moved into a house together. We rented out the two houses that we owned previously, individually. And when we were renting them out, the one of the mortgages went £700 more. So we realised that we were losing money. So we decided to, um, our tenants left and we decided to sell both houses. They have not sold. Uh, they, right. they are not selling. So we've stuck tenants in them for the minute until that they sell because we were bleeding money we, you know not being able to pay those mortgages every single month um so yeah we really just had, we've had to adapt so much with everything that's had going on as everybody else in the world of property has had to just adapt so much to even we even were in the paper like because we met in this estate and we met on the street so i phoned the paper got our uh our mug shots in the paper like they found love on the street and all this sort of stuff just to try and Boost the publicity for it and sell them. Still didn't work, <laughs> so we sold our yeah. souls, and it didn't it's,
0: work. Yeah, it's all the challenges that we all face. Um, but yeah, it's great to hear that you're, you know, you're doing so well and you're still pushing forward and and uh, you know making things happen. So
1: yeah, it's just great keep to going.
0: Hear. Keep going. Yeah. So um, fab, right? Well, um, thanks so much, Gemma. Great to catch up. Um, and um, hopefully, we'll catch up with you again very soon.
1: Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Okay, thanks, Gemma. Good. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Gemma. I certainly did. It was great to catch up with our students, um, and particularly someone like Gemma who's got such a positive attitude towards um, not just investing but life in general. And um, it's amazing to hear how she keeps herself motivated despite you know various challenges that she needs to overcome as a as a property investor, as a mum, you know, with a busy work life. Um, her investment areas are not anywhere near where she lives and so it's managing all those aspects of of investing but keeping positive and having some actual set rules for how she you know does that how she keeps that positive um, mental attitude and keeps herself going when you know it's it's winter in scotland and it's dark and she gets up and you know driving through snow and ice to get to her investment areas um and dealing with other challenges of running service accommodation units, for example, so great to hear. Um, If you wanna connect with Gemma, she's um, on all the socials. Um, If you want to uh, find out more about how Property Wealth System can can help you in your investing journey, then you can find us at uh, propertywealthsystem.co.uk. We'll have lots more content for you coming up. So uh, we'll keep you posted and uh, we'll talk to you soon.